The party was in the ballroom of a hotel, and several of the girls took a suite upstairs, away from the glaring eye of the university-designated chaperones. I was on a couch in the center of the suite, drinking Heineken from a bottle, while Alyssa seemed fidgety and sad and somewhat sloppily drunk. Then, it happened. When her fiancé got up to use the bathroom, Alyssa was quickly in my face, her nose an inch from mine. Her eyes were stunning. I can still picture them, vivid aquamarine, and despite her drunkenness, there wasn't a streak of red. I could smell the alcohol on her breath, too, sweet and fruity, as though she'd been drinking margaritas rather than the beer we had in the suite. Am I making you uncomfortable? She asked breathily. Absolutely, I stammered. It was the opposite of what I meant to say, but I don't think she was listening. She just stayed like that for what seemed like an eternity, like time had stopped. Her lips so near mine I could taste them, wet and sexy. Then I heard a flush. The bathroom door opened, and as quickly as she'd come, Alyssa was gone, out of my face and out of my life. That was the last time I ever saw her. She and Phil disappeared into one of the bedrooms and didn't come out the rest of the night. She graduated two weeks later. They were married within the year, and as far as I know, they still are. But I can still see her eyes, and smell her breath, and feel her lips not quite kissing mine. And when I do, it all looks and smells and feels like lightning. The third time was in my early twenties, with a model named Serena, who had a Jewish doctor for a father, and an Indian mother who looked like a princess. The mother was stunning, but drank like a fish and swore like a sailor, while her husband was patient and mostly silent, constantly monitoring his pager, ever aware of a pending emergency that never seemed to come. From this bizarre union sprang Serena, blue eyes and skin the color of the inside of a malted milk ball, and brilliant. She only modeled part-time. The other part she spent at NYU seeking a postgraduate degree in architectural engineering, even though she had no interest in pursuing it. That was her problem, and ultimately her downfall. Too many options. Women that beautiful and intelligent have an almost unlimited menu from which to choose, which sounds like a blessing, but is often a curse because they can never commit to anything. For every choice they make, there's always debilitating uncertainty over the options left on the table. For a few months, Serena chose me. I vividly remember the first time I saw her, in Sheep Meadow in Central Park. I was playing ultimate frisbee, she was lying on a blanket. I chased an errant toss that landed a bit too near her, and just as I began to apologize, the clouds parted, and it was as though the sun shone only on her, like a spotlight. The lightning stopped me in my tracks. I flung the disc back to my group and went immediately to her side. We had lunch and dinner that day and spent the night in her apartment, where in the candlelit stillness of her bedroom, I said things so corny they sounded like lines from a movie you would walk out of. Serena became an obsession. First in a blissful way, I found myself whistling as I rode the subway. Then in an anxious way. And finally, in a way that was just plain horrible. We had nothing in common. I was grounded, career-oriented, bursting with ambition. Serena was just bursting. Nothing satisfied her. Not her studies, not her modeling career, and certainly not me. 
Her wanderlust bordered on maniacal. Once, she told me how desperate she was to live in Asia. We were in a water taxi in Venice at the time. We lived together for just over a year before she moved away, leaving me in her apartment where I stayed until the lease expired. It was a damn nice place to live, and a constant reminder of the great lesson of my youth. Lightning strikes are what they are, brilliant and flashy and electric, but also immediate, gone before the echo fades. To live in the reflection of the light seems exciting, but ultimately is not a good idea. You're much better off finding a safe place and watching the storm through a window. That's how I met Claire, watching a storm through a window. We were both leaving lunch in the same coffee shop when a sudden rainstorm took us by surprise. We found ourselves together under the awning, staring helplessly into the street. I was about to put my folded newspaper...